Geeks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is James. And I'm Mallory. And today we are popping in for a Freaks and Creeks holiday treat, a bonus mini episode. Due to holiday season busyness, uh, it'll just be the two of us today. Boo. <laughs> but don't worry. Cody and Stella have contributed some fun recommendations. Yay! So we will be reading those for y'all later to close out the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just the two of us, even if it is just the two of us. We miss just Cody. Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> we miss Cody and Stella, but they're still here with us in spirit. Um, but yeah, we you know we we know we talked about doing some bonus content on our Instagram. We got some cool messages and suggestions from people, but it's really busy out there this time of year for everybody, and especially for uh, anybody. That makes sense, right, Bell? Yeah, totally. Uh, so what we're gonna do here today, just to make sure we're getting out there for anybody who's traveling or doing anything for the holidays and wants to listen to some podcasts, is we're just gonna answer some questions, go through some listener emails and messages, and kind of clear the mailbag as well as let you know where season two is at. Right? Righto. Righto. Okay, so uh, first up, you know, we got so many emails, messages comments and even just like texts and calls from friends uh, between the end of season one and now, uh, including a great, fantastic, amazing email from a listener named Kate. But that one really needs the four of us to all be here to hear. So we're going to save that one. It's just a little little teaser for it in season two. Listen up for an incredible discussion, including something about Jason Biggs. Weird. Strange. Very strange. But what, what are we going to talk about with Jason Biggs? Who knows? I know. Who knows? Tune back in. You'll have to find out later. But we do have an, a nice email from, we had a couple emails actually from a gentleman by the name of Rob out in the United Kingdom. A. Hey. <laughs> Isn't that Canadian? That's, no, a? that's definitely the, what the, the, those United Kingdomers say. A Brit. <laughs> Yeah, he's British, not a United Kingdomer. Uh, but anyway, uh, top of the morning to you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wrong, <laughs> not a wrong country, but okay. Uh, I I love that. Uh, anyway, Rob, he he said something <laughs> that we've heard from a lot of our listeners, um, it, which is just that the you know he's a fan of the show, is what he says, but he loves that. Our, you know, we're bringing new to the show take, and that they're interesting. They're they're different from, uh, you know, maybe the 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 fan take. Um, and 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 specifically, he said this: I find myself agreeing with your takes on characters and events most of the time. And we've highlighted cool info about the show and its production that he never knew either. So thank you, Rob. That's what we love to hear. I think we do have a fresh, unique perspective because none of us know what this show is really about. Um, sorry, I thought you had something. Oh, I was, uh, I was just also going to mention that he, uh, is interested in our opinions on a certain character in season three. Yeah. I wonder who that would be. So I'm very curious about that. I think he's a, or she, they, you think they are a vampire or vampire Ooh, hunter? Possibly. Is that why Rob is I interested? Wonder. I can only assume that's why Rob is excited. I hope so. 
Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to find out. And at this rate, season three will be recording in uh, 2025, maybe 2026. <laughs> so keep listening, Rob. We'll get there. But yeah, so let's move on to our next email. What do you think, Mal? Let's do it. We heard from a previous uh, emailer, Capeside fan? Corresponder. Uh, a fan. You're right. It's just a fan. Mega fan. Mega fan. Luis, Luis sent an email earlier on, you might remember, but they talked about, um, in response to our, our season finale episode, Luis had some interesting information about the end of season one and as well as just the kind of fan perspective on the multiple endings that this show has. Not just the one at the end of the full series, Mal. There's multiple. Multiple. Apparently, in Luis's words, the fans discuss having this show having five different endings. One, we just saw, season one. Apparently, Kevin Williamson wasn't fully sure whether or not they were going to be getting renewed for a second season, which is why it kind of has that really final feeling. Mm-hmm. That, that silhouette. Right. It, it, they did it. They, <laughs> they, they did it. <laughs> And they did it for a reason, right? Because they weren't sure if they're actually going to be able to come back. So if they couldn't, this is what how they wanted to end it. That's right. interesting. And we're about to see the next ending on the show because apparently the fans also discuss another ending being the ending of season two because that's when Kevin Williamson apparently leaves the show. And never watched a single episode of the show when he left. Sounds like there's some drama there. Right. Apparently, he would only watch if somebody on the show would call him and tell him, hey, this is going to be a good episode. You should watch it. So sounds like he uh, has some bad blood. And apparently, when he left the show, he knew he was going to be leaving. He decided that season two's ending was going to kind of be his final ending. But as we will discuss later, um, that's not exactly true. You'll notice we're only discussing these first two. There's three other endings to this show, including a very dramatic, uh, sounds like anyway, from from the outside looking mm-hmm. in, uh, stuff that's happening in season six. So pretty crazy. Can't wait to get there. We'll get there one day. Oh, before we forget, uh, a funny thing that Louise mentioned uh, is that season one is the first semester and then season two is the second semester of the school year. Oh, Right? Right. But season two is a full 22-episode season. Right. So we'll be seeing the characters in all the seasons. So summer, winter, and then fall again. (laughs) And uh, Luis says that the fans joke about it and say that that's when climate change started in Cape Side. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Maybe there's some credibility to these supernatural paranormal things that I've been saying all along. If we can repeat seasons within a year, maybe it's not so crazy that vampires actually do run Capeside. Thank you for the evidence, Luis. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, well, one other thing we wanted to, we got a great message and we got something a little bit more than a message. So uh, we don't mention this. This is the first time we've ever talked about this. Uh, If you've been to our website, you may have seen it. It's just something that's a a part of it. But we are on a platform called Buy Me a Coffee. um, And a listener took it upon themselves to go over to Buy Me a Coffee and buy us a coffee. They donated $5 to our show. Thank you so much. And with it, they left this message. Uh, so thank you, Bree. Bree says, I'm here for everything you all bring to this. I've watched the series too many times to count, and listening to your commentary makes me feel like it's the first time. Looking forward to the next season. Hooray! Emoji. Yeah. 
Hooray, <laughs> hooray emoji. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Brie. I mean, like I said, we don't talk about this. You know, it's completely optional. Do not feel any obligation to go and spend your money with us. But if you do feel like supporting the show more than you already do, you head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash freaks and creaks, you know, spelled out just like it normally is. And you'll find us. You can send us some money if you'd like to. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so that is kind of the mailbag, but that's not the only place that we interact with our listeners, right, Mel? Right. We have a fun Instagram account. Um, and during this break time that we've had, uh, we've received so many amazing comments and messages. Uh, we're not going to mention all of them, but thank you to everyone. One that stood out when we were raising the bat signal for some interaction was favorite boy bands of the 90s. Yeah. So James... What was your experience with boy bands in the 90s? Well, in the 90s, I was a zero-year-old to a 10-year-old. I was a child. <laughs> so most of my music was uh, not that interesting, I would say. Boy bands for me, though, is something that I kind of missed the boat on. I you know, didn't really listen to a lot of boy band culture I would, or boy band music. I would say uh, there were some boy bands that I listened to, though. But it just kind of wasn't really like something that me and my friends really got into but Mm -hmm. mal what about you like was what there must have been one oh there definitely was but oh you want to hear mine first well no i'm (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious okay i'm just embarrassed to say it (laughs) you gotta say it okay it was hanson okay i Mm -hmm. love hanson i got that cd let's see what year was that uh i got that cd for christmas i do remember getting it um and being very excited it's 1997 oh, off the see, middle 90s. of nowhere and for those of you who don't remember hansen or just i mean if you don't know hansen you got to go check them out but they're three uh brothers who all are identical except for one is small one is tall and one is in the middle <laughs> um and they had a song called mbop that is uh, just took the 90s by storm so that was my boy band of choice i would say I do have mm-hmm. an interesting story on, uh, related to that, but I want to hear about your history with boy bands in the 90s. Okay, well, I was quite obsessed in in middle school, mm. quite obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. Ah, <laughs> I had BSB. a best friend, Laura, and we, after school, we would turn on, I think it was probably MTV, and watch Backstreet Boys albums or maybe she had a cd a dvd that we'd watch but it was just Mm. it was the backstreet boys music videos over and over and over (laughs) and over (laughs) man that's a thing i i kind of miss that about being a kid is the you know like pop-up video on vh1 or like the mtv just the the music video like culture around Mm. just watching music videos with your friends and like you're talking about I do remember either VHS compilations or DVDs compilations in the 2000s of like, you could just get of their music yeah. videos, of mm-hmm. a collection of like a band's music videos. That's not really a thing. I mean, you go no, to YouTube yeah. and stuff, but. Right. Yeah, but YouTube didn't exist back then. So, yeah. No, I'm saying that now, was like, our, yeah. Like, you go to YouTube and you watch music videos, right. but it doesn't have the same like culture. Oh, no. Or, like, yeah. Yeah, the same like, oh, yes, it's TRL. I can't wait to, you know. Right. What I, mean? I just like, remember like getting up on the couch and dancing and singing along <laughs> to the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there were others, you know, in sync, Boys to Men, 98 Degrees. Yeah. And 98 Degrees, as we were talking about, Mal and I, before recording, you know, 98 Degrees has the, the 
pop culture crossover of Nick Lachey, who is the host of Love is Blind on yeah. Netflix with his wife, Vanessa Lachey. And if you haven't seen that show, you should go watch it. I would love to talk about that show on a podcast sometime. Um, but yeah, lots of boy bands from the 90s. I I think, so I actually remember going to Borders Music with my parents and I would just walk through the CDs and just kind of like blindly pick things as you used to do as a child, you mm-hmm. know? You'd just be like, ooh, I love the cover of this one. Yeah. Or ooh, this band sounds cool. And I remember I have a, I have a distinct memory of picking up that first Backstreet Boys album. I don't know what it's called. Back, I think it was just Backstreet Boys. Was it a self titled album? Anyway, because then there was Millennium. Yeah, I later, picked, but I, I got it and I tried to sneak it into my mom's cart. And she <laughs> she wouldn't buy it for me, and I don't know why. But from that moment on, I like swore off Backstreet Boys, and then by proxy, NSYNC, and any of the other boy <laughs> bands that came out because I just had mm. that. Like, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't ashamed. Like she didn't shame me for it or anything like that, but I did feel ashamed to have to go take it back and put it in the, in the shelves, you know? Right. Um, and just that, that feeling of like, oh, and I never (laughs) went back. (laughs) Oh, little James. Maybe we need to listen to some Backstreet Boys today. Maybe later. Maybe we'll see. I do. Okay. We're talking about the nineties, right? I do just want to give a little shout out to the two thousands. We had a recent moment in culture with Katie Holmes resurrecting Y2K fashion. I just want to shout out her bravery for doing this because, you yeah, know... she kind of got some backlash, didn't she? Yeah, she got she? some backlash so because of the dress over for the those jeans. don't know... Yeah, so, so James is showing me the picture. Can you, you describe, just it up. Can you describe what you're seeing here? <laughs> so it's a... It looks like a mini dress, tight, Dark blue over baggy jeans mm-hmm. and black sneakers. And she's on a red carpet for iHeartRadio. She's yeah, she's wearing like sneakers. The the jeans are like the the they're cut at the hem. The, yeah, sorry, cut, the cut off. Well they're long, but then like cut, yeah. Cuts. Yeah. And honestly, it looks like she for I'm I'm no fashionista. Okay. Mm-hmm. But to me. It looks like she forgot to get dressed for this event. Yes. And then she was driving to go like pick up her laundry. And it's like, oh, fuck, I have a red carpet that I have to go right. to. Now, it, there's a theory that it got people talking about her. Interesting. You know? Uh-huh. And of course, when you talk about Katie Holmes, you either are talking about Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise or you're talking about Dawson's Creek, right? But now, in this case, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about her, her style, style, which, I mean... In general, she's got great style. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is a... I mean, it's a choice. It's definitely a choice. I appreciate any kind of choice that somebody is making. And And it's brave. And it's comfortable looking. It looks comfy. You know, it's like party party on top, (laughs) casual... I don't... (laughs) Party on top, casual on bottom. Casual on the bottom. (laughs) That's cool. I love it. I, I I don't see a problem with it. Let people dress but, however the fuck they want to dress. And here here's another thing. A lot of people were confused. They thought it was a picture for, of her from the Dawson's Creek days, mm. which tells you something about how great she looks now. Right. You know? Good job, Katie Ageless. Holmes. Ageless. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that you all have been wondering, and that's probably the whole reason you listened to this episode. When is season two coming? When will it start? When can we start hearing y'all's takes on season two? And the answer is, it's coming soon. (laughs) 
soon, my friends. TM, TM, Very TM, soon. TM. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we we promised in the new year, and that is still the promise. I know the new year is a, vi- a very big, broad target. So uh, let's refine that a little bit. We're we're planning right now, and it's looking good to be releasing new episodes regularly by February. The thing is, we don't want to start releasing and then have to, you know, we get busy again, and then we have to stop releasing. We want to make sure that once we start releasing, it's consistent, right? Right. Like nobody wants to listen to a show and then be like, Oh, I really like that. When's the next one? And then it's like five weeks later. Mm. That sucks. Yeah. So we're all very busy. Yeah. We're super but busy. We have not forgotten no. about our beloved Dawson's Creek. No. And nor are we like not interested in continuing. We are. It's just very busy. Mm-hmm. We, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there soon and we're getting there sooner <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day we're, it's, it's sooner. I promise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, you know, thank you for your patience. We, you know, we understand the holidays are busy for everybody. So thank you for understanding. And we promise we will be getting there soon. Keep an eye on the feed. You'll see a trailer before you know it. Don't give up on us. Never, never give up. It's like you didn't give up on Dawson's Creek. No. Yeah. Don't give up. So with that, um, we're going to go ahead and start rolling on out. We said that we had some messages from Cody and Stella, and we do. They sent along some uh, recommendations for us to read in a little holiday message. So Mal, do you want to go ahead and... Okay, here we go. Hey, Creek Freaks. Cody here via astral projection, channeling through Mal and James. Wish I could be there. I'm up in Seattle visiting friends of the show, Ryan and Lauren. Shout out. Hi, Lauren. (laughs) Anywho, what have I been up to? What have I to recommend? (laughs) Have you you seen Todd Field's Tar yet? Movie of the year, y'all. Instead, I'm recommending seeing Undeath live. Haven't heard of Undeath? (laughs) They're an old school death metal band out of Rochester, New York. (laughs) For fans of Iced Earth, Tomb Mold... And Cannibal Corpse. These are bands you know a lot about, right? <laughs> I know. I, I'm an expert on these. <laughs> like the latter, all of their lyrics are tongue-in-cheek gore exploitation, all put to visceral riffs that push the subgenre forward. Sounds great. <laughs> Check out their 2022 release, It's Time to Rise from the Grave which made Pitchfork's top rock albums of 2022 and topped Decibel Magazine's best albums of the year. They recently toured through Portland and they killed it. Lots of great energy and they were there to have fun. All good vibes. I'm probably preaching to the choir since fans of heavier music have seen them everywhere, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) And now that that's over, please, Creek Freaks, Help! <laughs> Still has actually trapped me in our dungeon-like basement and is forcing me to tap, jan- <laughs> tap to tap dance to J Lo's 1999 hit single "Waiting for Tonight," <laughs> <laughs> which is impossible. Have you heard that song? It goes hard. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to make me <laughs> make my meat leaner for cooking. Yes. <laughs> James and Mal have been conspiring to feed on my tender flesh with her. Lies. They never asked if I was cool with it. Help me, Creek Freaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if you think they should let me out of the dungeon, write to show at freaksandcreeks.com and tell them, let Cody out. But if for some reason you want to me to get gobbled up, want to be, want to get gobbled up, <laughs> let them know. <laughs> oh. oh, Sorry for butchering this. Okay. I hope everyone is having a happy holiday season. All my love. Cody. Oh, thanks, Cody. I promise we aren't going to eat him. Right, Mel? Right. Um, And it's funny that Cody says he's up in Seattle visiting friends of the show, Ryan and Lauren, because I think we can now finally officially say that the reason we've had to take this long break is because Cody was actually on this most recent season of Survivor. Uh, (laughs) He he, he made it really far, and he did so well, but he didn't come home with a million dollars. But... But he was L-I-V-I-N. Living. Living. Um, If everybody is confused, just go watch the most recent season of Survivor, season 43. Yes. Fantastic season. I know know we're not a Survivor show, but... Our other friend Jake was on it as well. Our other friend Jake was on it. It was crazy that we got two of our very close friends that get cast on the show. Um, And honestly, one of them won, and it's pretty crazy. So congrats. I hope you share that million dollars with us, Jake. Um, Please donate it to freaksandcreeks.com. Yes. Also, just, uh, yeah, Cody, let us know what it was like to meet Jeff Probst. That was... (laughs) jeffprobes.com let's know what it was like to meet jeffprobes.com was he a cyborg um okay well let's hear from stella she has a message for us as well uh stella says hi everyone i hope everyone listening is having a nice holiday i've been listening to a lot of wet leg and watching endless svu marathons but i want to recommend Ori and the Blind Forest, a 2015 side-scrolling platformer adventure video game from Moon Studios. I've been playing it on the Switch, although it's also on Xbox and PC. The wiki says it better than I can. The player controls Ori, a white guardian spirit, and... Sign? Sen? Oh, God. I should know this. I have played the game, but... mm, S-E-I-N. I'm just going to say Sen who is the light and eyes of the spirit tree. As Ori, players must jump, climb, and use various other abilities to navigate the game's world. Ori is required to interact with the environment by jumping from platforms and solving puzzles and is faced with various enemies. The art, world-building, and story are really immersing and beautiful, and the gameplay as addictive, and had Stella coming back constantly. I had to just jump back because that was a quote earlier, (laughs) and I wanted to make sure we knew Stella is enjoying the game. Um, the puzzles were super unique and she just beat the main story and she says she is, I'm, she, p- <laughs> I fucked this right. up. Just pick one. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I'm going back to straight translate, or straight <laughs> quote. Uh, I just beat the main story and I'm really looking forward to playing the sequel. Happy holidays, everyone. Love your favorite freak, Stella. Your favorite. Favorite? What? Come on. What? Stella. Come on. I, okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. Whatever. I see, it I see how it is. Um, I do want to second her recommendation. Ori is a, a fantastic video game. Um, it, the art is beautiful and it is in a class of games, which um, is among my favorite, which makes you cry um, almost immediately. I think I cried within like 30 minutes of starting the game, but any game that makes me cry. Is this your recommendation? No. Oh. I'm, I'm just backing up Stella's. Got it. Great recommendation. Okay, so my recommendation. You want, you want to go first or should I go first? Me? 
I'll go first. Okay, I'm just going to recommend some albums I've had on repeat lately, um, starting with Steve Lacey, Gemini Writes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very catchy. Um, it's got a TikTok song on there. Yes, which I actually didn't know anything about, and I just love the album. Yeah. Like, the whole album. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those, I mean... We saw him uh, on play SNL. on SNL, and then... We saw him on SNL. This no. little program. <laughs> <laughs> you may have heard of it. <laughs> um, anyway, great album. Yeah. Um, also been listening to Wise Blood, spelled W-E-Y-E-S, Blood album and in the darkness hearts aglow Mm. um love it i think i believe she plays piano Mm. in that um i don't know much about her i just discovered the album and Mm. i just really love the sound it kind of feels like 70s Mm -hmm. uh what 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 were we talking about that it reminded us of I kind uh, of get like notes of Fleetwood Mac right, Fleetwood or something Mac. like that. Yeah. She, I've only heard Wise Blood through her features on uh, the artist Drug Dealer, who's mm. also oh, fantastic. Yes. Um, right. That's but, not what's the song that she's featured in. Oh God, I can't remember. Oh, but okay. she's in. Um, she's she's featured on a couple of his yeah. of, of his songs. Uh, his most recent album, Hiding in Plain Sight, has her on there. But as well. I look forward to exploring more of her albums. Yeah. Um, next yeah. album. Taylor Swift, three, Midnight's 3 a.m. edition. Anybody heard it? Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of this little gem, you know. Nobody. It's, it's a yeah. hidden gem. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, also SZA SOS. Yeah. Great new album. We also saw her play on SNL. Yeah. And uh, she has a new album and yeah, it's another good one. It's been getting uh, lots of accolades yeah. in the, the press, which is awesome mm-hmm. to see. All right, well, my recommendation, I bet you already know what it is, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They released three albums in the month of October, and now that we are recording this in the middle of December, just before the holiday season truly begins, I can tell you right now, dear listener, all three albums, fucking incredible. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and shout out the final album, which was called Changes. Um, The very first song, uh, which is also titled Change, um, is incredible. It's like a 15 minute, I would say jazz jam odyssey. Really, 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 really cool. Go listen to it. It's funky. It's weird. And it's amazing. Mal's looking at me like I forgot to say something. What? Well, speaking of King Giz, we... Chunky Shrapnel? Went to... I got to experience yeah. some King Giz with James. We went and saw the... It was a film that they made during a tour... Yeah. It's called uh, Chunky Shrapnel. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's a concert film, you know, like the cool. Like, it was very cool. Like in the, you know, like imagine, you know, like the talking head stop making sense kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's just a little bit more of the behind the scenes stuff and what daily life is like. And it was and, in film, right? Because it was shot the, on like film. shot on film. So that was very cool. It takes place in mostly in Europe in the year 2019, just mm-hmm. after King Giz released their metal album, Infest the Rat's Nest. Um, But it features music from, I would say, just about every phase of Giz um, that we we love. So we've got some 2013 Giz. We've got stuff from Nonagon Infinity. We've got stuff from Paper Mache Dream Balloons. So we've got a little bit of everything. And um, special shout out in that uh, movie, film, uh, they play... um, 
Han Tayumi, the confused cyborg and murder of the universe. And it's probably the best version of it ever. And I just, it's, it's so cool. And I'm so glad that we got to see it yeah, together. And I, <laughs> I loved it. The end was fantastic. Yeah. It was, it was like seeing a finale at a show. Like they, you know, the grand finale, yeah. the, the last song, it, I'm, I'm assuming it was the last song of whatever, yeah. uh, maybe it was their last, last show of the, of the, um, tour. But they started playing. I I don't know what song it was. They started playing, and then if, like as the song went went by, they started replacing. They they each <laughs> each musician started crowd surfing, and yeah. then someone, a friend of the band, replaced them in yeah. playing or singing or doing whatever instrument they were doing. So by the end of the song, it, none of them were playing the song, but it still sounded mm-hmm. great. <laughs> it was so fun to see. Yeah, the song is A Brief History of Planet Earth, which is, it's just a jam that was recorded. They they have this as a as a soundtrack. And, okay, we entered Giz Corner, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and dive in a little bit deeper. So the cool thing about Chunky Shrapnel that we kind of left out is it was recorded on tour in 2019, and it was initially released only online and only for 24 hours. So you could only see it for, or maybe it was 48 hours, but it was really short. It was just like a weekend of time and you couldn't download it. It was only available for streaming. Um, So it was really cool when this year they announced a limited theater run for people to go see it on the big screen. So that was why it's really special. But the the finale song that you're talking about, A Brief History of, of Planet Earth, is really cool because it's just a jam. And if you listen to the soundtrack, you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's just like a simple jam. But then when you watch it, you're seeing all the musicians get replaced. And I think that there's a really beautiful symbolism to it because to me as a big Giz fan, it kind of gives me like notes of the Grateful Dead, how this Mm -hmm. band is going to continue on. Maybe even in the future when there isn't, you know, like, you know, if somebody, God forbid, leaves the band for whatever reason, maybe they can find a way to continue on. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. And who, who you kind of knew a little bit about the people that were. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So as an, as an example, the, one of the drummers in in the time of the filming of the movie, Giz still has two drummers, Eric Moore, who is their manager Mm -hmm. and drummer. And then Michael Cavanaugh, who's their drummer. Cavs, Cavs, as we call him in the Giz fan base, he he gets up and his, for example, his wife comes on and starts playing drums for him. And yeah, it's just that so, was so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> she picks it up without missing a beat, and yeah. she's now pick, she's now drumming. And Cavs just gets to stand on stage and you know crowd surf, and it's so cool to see. You know, friends of the band, partners, uh, fa- literal family members, in some cases, coming on and taking the instrument from a band member and. Uh, one final thing that I, I'll mention, as I mentioned, uh, they had two drummers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the last shots in the movie, it's I think it's really touching and 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 beautiful. Is Eric, the second drummer and the manager? He the last thing we see of him is he he jumps onto the crowd and starts crowd surfing, and the last thing we see is him just getting carried off into the crowd mm-hmm. and the crowd surfing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just so beautiful because. He le- he he leaves oh, the band shortly after that. That's I didn't his know last that. Tour. That's, that's very cool. And he he leaves to to focus on the record label that they started called Flightless, and mm. um, it you know it was a amicable symbolic. split. But yeah, it's just so symbolic and it's so beautiful to me that he just disappears into the the crowd of loving people. I just wow. love it. I just that's think cool. it's so cool. And I don't know. It wasn't done intentionally. Obviously, they didn't know at the time of recording that that was going to be the way it was going to go. I wonder if they. Edit it. Oh well, yeah, but maybe in editing they yeah they decided that 
that sure. would be a good yeah. But it was released anyway, interesting. Yeah, yeah if it was released before he decided that, it's a huh. very cool thing, and it's a it's such a time capsule in a band that is so you know they evolve and they change so rapidly that it is amazing for me as a mega fan to go back and see that, and it's also amazing for me to get to take somebody like you, Mal, and share it with you, um, and see your reactions and yeah, yeah glad Fun that you time. loved it. Thank you for reminding me and sorry yeah. to everybody for just talking about Giz for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, I guess we should probably leave, shouldn't we, Mal? Probably should. Okay. Okay. Take us out. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our special bonus episode. If you want more Freaks content in the meantime, please visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com. Find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod or write to us at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time on Freaks and Creeks. Bye. Bye. The seashore. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Freaks and creaks. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get a sip of water.